So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Match Media, alongside my critique of Finding Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. And at the time of this recording, this is on the Sunday right after the Oscar nominations list came out. Um, oh. Funny thing is, like, I didn't even know that they were coming out on the Tuesday before the time of this recording. Um, until one of our um, fellow TCL you know, uh, members actually just message us like, hey, you know, we haven't seen each other in quite some time. Let's have a bad movie line. And I was just see scrolling on right. Facebook like, oh shit, the list like actually being announced on that dinner. So yeah, yeah, yeah. check that out. Uh, we will share our thoughts of that um, near the end. And uh, we will f- uh, actually review, well, actually cover, um, well, in this show here, the, the final, well, we, we've covered pretty much all of the Best Picture nominees, right? But there's one that yeah. we didn't pick up on. Um, just for various reasons, um, maybe because you kind of forgot, and maybe because you know, um, it was we were nearing the end of the you know season four now. So that show yeah. in particular is Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. I well, I did a kind of a kind of a short review something, and I was like underwhelmed by it. <laughs> yeah. So so really. Well, I, yeah. I I finally checked it out. So um, you know, we we'll debate on it. We'll debate on whether it it, it lives up to the hype or or not. Um, right. Also, well, as we did last week, well, um, you covered Fire, the greatest party that never happened. I finally watched it, yeah. totally love it. It is one of the best documentaries I've seen in it's quite some good. time. Um, and, and yeah, I, I did feel salty after it. I felt pissed off, you know, and yeah. I felt sorry for the, like, the employees boy, who were involved yes. um, in the Fire, you know, um, in the Fire yeah. Festival itself. But I feel it even yeah. more for them Bohemians, boy. That yeah. lady, boy, that lady who had to cater to both the, the, um, yeah. Both the Bohemians uh, themselves and the yeah, Firebirds. Uh, yeah, oh, I know by now. Yeah, well, I should know this by now, but um, it was addressed by the public and it had a, one of those money raising things online. Um, raise us a money for Sheeta. These cover her expenses mostly, and I think they more or less double it. Uh, oh, that's, that's great. And yeah. she any money to her more or less, that's what I understand. So she gave actually money. Um, all right, all right. That's 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 yeah. that's that's excellent, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah she proved she prove everything. She proved all the receipts. She was no scammer or nothing like that. She pretty much proved, you know, she cares now. Um, and yeah, people sent you money, so it's like, cool. so you know, yeah. at least things work out. Right. For understand, for understand. Uh, well, we'll talk about with fire fraud. Um, well, actually, it? yeah. Then we well, we're gonna get into fire fraud now, which is right. the Hulu version of um of of the same um scenario. And I believe, if right. I'm not mistaken, this one came out before um yes. fire. Yeah, it came out before, a couple yeah. days before. Um, yeah. I uh I do prefer the Netflix version, but this is a good documentary as well. Uh, in my it opinion, is. yeah. Um, um, I'll say what I'll say just to start off with is that mm-hmm. this one. Why I consider it a little inferior is because a couple of reasons. One, it lacked focus. It spent a little too much time on things that are not as relevant as they try to make it out to be. And because it, I kind of get what they're trying to go for with this one, which is they're trying to paint a more holistic picture instead of just justify a festival. They're trying to paint a general picture about millennial culture and yes. the rise of you know, and everything that rise up and led to this, and this is so indicative to all the problems we have. But the problem is that it, it did too much of a broad stroke of making that argument, in my opinion. So right. it had, it like, it, it made allusions to Donald Trump. And like, oh, well, Trump is also, a, like, the fire festival of politics, and that bullshit, no. Yeah. Uh, well, and because well, that was an actual article, I think it was actually, well, hey, they, they just grabbed it and took it, because, hey, yeah. we, we, want, we want to stick it to him, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. yeah, it's like a weird take, and, and they try to spin that whole, this narrative of a general millennial problem, but it's like, well, yeah, maybe, but that's a little too much of a stretch, in my opinion, and because when it, when it comes to the actual core substance, it wasn't as good as the Netflix version, but still good, still have, it, still have a lot of good moments, and then all the stuff, the direct, you know, interviews with Billy uh, was great. <laughs> like I was like his that. his responses <laughs> though were just on point. Um, yeah. there's, there's there's some moments where he just had no comment. There's there's even a great yeah. where it's like um I I just gotta take a ten minute break. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I just gotta take a break like like for how long? Ten minutes. After that, they come back. Um, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, take yeah. a break now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, well, it got into it directly got into Billy's life again. Trying yes. to do this more general picture about Billy, why easy ways, um, how. You could argue, debate or not, how, if how smart he really is, um, how he's largely enabled by his parents. That is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you um, know, this there, was, there was something to... involving an investor who was with the uh, Magnesis card. That was kind of right. weird, though, because um, he he died in, in a car accident. So yeah, right, 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 <laughs> I don't right, know. Right. For me, That's I was asking myself if it was right. a murder or suicide. Yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not sure. Yeah, you're not sure. Like that is a piece of shenanigans, and you're not really sure how that play out. Um, what I liked about this one is that it's right. So the, the stuff about it is that you get into the history of Billy as a person and the kind of world has created a person like that because you talk about the internet, which I which I do think is largely connected, which is the because they do get into the whole Instagram internet culture and the, the whole lack of accountability there. I like that. Um Billy as a person, you know, he's as I said, he's quote unquote working sociopath, the stuff he does, or he feels he's so smart by outsmarting people in this bullshitty kind of obvious way. But it's like that is not real intelligence. You know, that is, you know, fake bullshit intelligence. Con man, con men are not that smart, right? You, know, right. you think about it. what con men are is I would argue con men are actually of lower intelligence, but what they do is they little prey on people who are under them now. Right. That is the whole point of con men in, in that sense. You know, we know we see these people ten thousand times show up and in the case of cult leaders and so on. So and Billy is that. He's just a modern vision without the religion part, right? Yeah. Um what else I liked, boy? He, something about... Oh, there's one part that came up in the Netflix thing I didn't talk about, and this, this came up in this one as well. And this is the part that really confuses me about this whole thing. So, remember they keep saying, it keeps popping up ever so often, that they have a quote-unquote real plan. And the real plan is that we'll have the height thing. Remember they had the height party thing that they, 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 they hired all the models for? Yeah. That was the real festival. Okay, remember, they keep saying that it had two fire festivals. The real one with them, like, all the time with their models and Jarul, and then the fake bullshit one that didn't work out at all with the party. And well, well, was, well here, here's the thing, though. It was one it, of the guys who worked at the festival, and it, to him, it felt yeah. like there were two. Like, the no, real I, I one was with not how many models. Right. Yeah, I think that's a legit point. He said, yeah, right. it had two fire festivals, right? And, but the part of it that confused me is that they, they wanted to do an app and I was like, wait, why did they have to let the festival happen? Why didn't you just go straight to the app? Because know, yeah. that was so confusing to me. It's like they had to really have that festival happen. And that to me just lending to Billy Egona. Like yeah. you, you know, he had to pull this off now. It's like, dog, you so ill-equipped to do something like this. But you still had to do it. Okay, you know? Yeah. Is that the Lucana Grand Year? And yeah, I was but, so but, confused. But the dumb part about it though, sorry, sorry to cut it, but the dumb part about it though is when <laughs> It's how they show it in the Netflix documentary. And that is one day, one one specific day, um, Billy and Jaru were flying over the, the Bahamas and they, like they saw that yeah. one island that, that had an airstrip. They're like, ooh, what if we held a festival there? You know, we it was just it just yeah. popping in mind, but it really yeah. 
you, you didn't need it. All you decided to do was just launch the app. Did you see me launch, launch the card and that was it? That was it. That, and you would get you. I don't understand why they had to. I don't know what piece of what game they had to really like make sure they had to do that. Yeah, and I suppose, it's not like I any of those people. It's not like any of those people. Karama, it's um, basically where you could book um, celebrities, sorry, well, musical artists to perform at your show. But they were not right. even in like the roster or the or you know the the displayer. Okay, you saw Iggy Azalea, right. you saw um, Jaru himself. But you didn't see Diplo, you didn't see Major Lazer, Blake One E Two. You didn't see none of those people. Right. Um, but I don't know. It would still be kind of scammy, like the Mad Jesus card. But it would still work out and not blow up in such a public way, you know? And yes. I don't know what what demon, you know, talking them head to make sure to get this up because it's like it just seems so belligerent now. That's yeah. the whole thing about the, the, the whole festival thing. So belligerent, all the odds against you, and it's just your sheer ego had to make you let this happen now. And I, it is so confusing. Um, mm. they did focus a lot on the the whole. We call it by the rise of these influencers. Now, Instagram yes. culture is something that totally blew past me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. You know, it have people who just seem to just not be good at anything other than just looking attracted at doing things, but they have no skills. And I, know, I was right? <laughs> I was never impressed by these people. And like, I could kind of understand certain types of celebrities. I mean, it's, it's kind of the new version of the Instagram, of the not the Instagram celebrity, but the new version of the reality television person, right? Yeah. Is that new version? So I. I'm somewhat familiar with reality television celebrities and YouTube celebrities to an extent. But the Instagram influencer thing, I don't get. I don't yeah. get why these people are so popular. Like, I, I learn, literally learn about these people for the first time. Like, five or six of these people for the first time in this documentary. I, I never uh, knew uh, any of them. Any of them. Are they this popular? How? Yeah. Are they really this popular? Like, Okay. Like, like you see, you see with YouTube, I understand that okay, putting out content I, is yeah. of, of a specific niche, is about a specific topic, whatever. I get right. that, right? But yeah, po- posting pictures of you looking hot or you know, going to some event and I'm getting you, you know, that person getting you know, thousands of views. I, I don't get it. And then it's even weirder yeah. now, like in Trinidad, when and I call her no names, you know, c- certain people who well established, uh, that's all I'll say, um, getting them same amount of views and thinking to themselves that they reach that them as somehow influencers. But I bet you they wouldn't right. they, they probably don't even know, you know, the influencers that right. were in the show for one thing or right. how to be influential like them that's to begin that. with. Yeah, another thing too is that because they, they made mention to people who get legit money from this, so they mentioned Kylie Jenner and Kylie yeah, she Jenner. She actually got money to put um right. to post what not the bird orange tile, but it was another right. picture prior to the tile thing that she put up, and she got paid like paid right. for this. Yeah, yes, but <laughs> Kylie Jenner is kind of like Kylie Jenner is kind of like what Paris Hilton was, you know, ten right, to fifteen years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, where you're paying her to show up in your club, and they have a big club. You show up and then everybody will show up. And I get that business model. You know, you're, you're famous for being famous. Same thing with her, right? She, I get it in her case because she's actually a popular person. You know, she could be related to the, what do you call them? Kardashians and them. Yeah, Kardashians that, and, well, the, the Wests, if you will. Right, right. Yeah. And that, I get, I get it. You, but you have real populist backing behind you. So I understand her popularity. I get, at least I understand it. Right. But, yeah, but those other people, yeah, 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 like okay, you look good, you do some makeup tips, or you go to right. the party, you, you so, or, or sorry, you, you go in, you, you're doing like island hopping or whatever, you go in around the right. world, and, you know, vlogging. Well, All right, funny. fine, but cool, why should we care what you do? <laughs> yeah, 
But it's like they're making money. I wondering how. What? How? All right. Well, well, from from what I know in terms of Instagram, because yes, I'm on Instagram channel by the way. Um, you have to have X amount of followers, right? And then right. if if you're within a specific niche, you could get um sponsors now or get people who like you know brands to, like, to, what's to like you promote them. That's how I know you know um Instagram people you know Instagram influencers. Sorry, make money. You know. Okay. So if it's fitness, for example, if you say you like X product or whatever, you know, they could sponsor you. They could actually pay you money to to promote their stuff now. Right. Okay. So it works like YouTube in that sense, right? You have a certain amount of views, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. It's kind of weird, but that's how it is. That's how it is. Okay, no problem. Okay, I can live with that. That's fine. Uh, Them get big, though? I I don't know because I like watching them and I'm like, wait, what do you do? What do you promote? There's this really like cute chick with um with the blue eyes, um the new kind of Australian something one. I was like, what do you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, I kind of get I kind of get these people who just kind of pop out uh, of of nowhere. You know, it's a kind of spontaneous thing. Like much like with YouTube, you know, they'll just do something and people will just jump on. She's looking right. kind of cute or she have a look. Whatever, that's fine. I, I get it. But I don't know the the mechanism necessarily. Again, I pay virtually no intel no attention to Instagram. Uh. And I see a couple of people like in Trinidad like that, where they just, well, I'm just a cute person, but I say, I just give advice. Like, they don't really do anything. Like, I have no person, one person in particular. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's all she does? Okay. I, I, I follow some of them, actually. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're right. They just do that. They just throw some advice out. But hey, yes. I'm a better job than you. I, and I, I look better than your girl. So, hey, follow like, me. Ah. But it's just vapid, like, nonsense they'll put out but it's like ah people whatever it's like it's just the most vapid empty statement no? yeah uh, and, and last thing you say about instagram before we get back to the show um the funniest thing about it though in terms of us in Trinidad is that it almost feels like all right okay i have nothing else but um okay i have no makeup on okay hey no makeup mondays click you know what I mean? it's almost like you just have to right, think right. of ideas it's, on the fly mostly like, center yeah. on the same stuff advice yeah. where you are who you're aligning with and how you're looking that's it wow I mean, look again. I'm, a, I'm not as suppose I'm not with the crowd, so you know I would I wouldn't. This will just miss go past me, blow past me completely. But yeah, this stuff is just again. I get it in the case of Paris Hilton, but the famous for being famous stuff. But like this kind of a next level of foolishness. Though. I know. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah. But um. Well, uh, my my thoughts on the on fire fraud actually. Um, I think that it works as a. I mean, it is the perfect uh, companion piece to. Um, fire, you know, the Netflix fire documentary. I can't say that it is better, but I would say it is no. made a little bit more, uh, it's made better, it's made more professionally. There's lots right. of lots of usage of like stock images and stuff. Yeah, I feel they went to video blocks and story blocks and just right. buy a set of shit to this, you know, true it. Yeah. Um, I, I love how they use like old clips from old movies and then expect right. that comment. Um, even had a clip from Family Guy as well too. That that came mm-hmm. out. Uh, but how they make how they frame it, it worked right. Um, yeah. But that's the usage of imagery and video. I thought it worked well as well. It, it gave it like it this polish to to, to it compared right. to the Netflix one, which just felt yeah, like that. vlog and interview vlog interview vlog interview right. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think um the, the Netflix one rely on talking head a little too much. Um, and. But this one, this one, well, this one did also did the joke, the James Chappelle bit. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm glad they actually showed it because I was trying to remember yeah. from what performance it was. Yes. Like, all right, yeah. killing them yeah. softly. Right, that's where you see it. Right. 
So they did that. Uh, overall, I like if the fire festival one, I'll give a nine. I'll give this one a eight or seven and a half. Like this one's still good. Um, and it, it is a good companion piece information wise, because it does get into some more depth. Um, yes, again, it with the and narrative building and showing, you know, the context and the historical context of the situation. Um, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of that, but it, it, it where they, they, some they got right, but other things they did, did I think they did a too broad of a stroke. Overall, I liked it too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was decent. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. Um, yeah, they, they were aiming for a broader focus with uh, Fire Fraud. Um, I, I kind of appreciate the fact that you don't get too much of of um, of Billy McFarlane into it. Although I wish I could have seen a little bit right. more, um, you know, interviews with him. Now, well, the rest I... of the interview with him. But I kind of know, I kind of have a feeling it would have just been asking questions. He would have answered. And then, like, you know, the the the, um, the interviewer would have said, well, why didn't just do this? And then it would just right. be this uncomfortable silence. There's actually a moment right. that plays out just like that. I was like, all right, this right. is brilliant. This is this gold yeah. right here. Yeah, um, yeah. But I was I was more impressed by the just the technical aspects of of this show here. Right. Um, also, yeah. in terms of just explaining certain things like FOMO, for example, you know, like I actually right. forgot what FOMO meant. I, I remember any Netflix documentary they just yeah, say yeah. FOMO once. So it's like, all right, yeah, well, yeah, he said FOMO, but I guess if you're into that culture, you'd understand, you know. But I was familiar with the term. Um, that's familiar with the term. But yeah, glad that they, they put it in the context of the narrative of why this stuff flourishes the way it did. Now. You know, these these con people could get away with bullshit. Because, yeah, yeah, you have a whole chunk of people who just, you know, isolated in the worst way. And I, I do think the internet internet really, like, make people isolated in some really strange ways. Eh? Uh, as yeah. I say, we connected, but we're more lonely than ever. That kind of stuff. Um, right. And, um, I, yeah, I do like that the film gets into the, the, the psychology of the audience, the psychology yeah. of the crowd. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Downsides of uh, documentaries that they spend a little too much time on the the influencers uh, that we talk about, like right. and, and not so much on the festival for. itself. Yeah, right. That although the although they, they did show in, something that wasn't in the in the Netflix one where uh, one of them actually got got a villa though. I think it was that same Aussie chick I think it was or somebody else. Right. Actually yeah. got into a villa. Yeah. I was right. like, what? Right. Okay, that actually happened. Like, I yeah. thought everybody were confined to the tents now. Um, right. There's a few more things I just want to say before I get to my rating. Right. Um, I felt that this one here was a little more cynical than the than the Netflix one. The like Netflix yeah. one, like um, actually, I I rewatch it again. Uh, rewatch it. Sorry. Um, after I watched um Fire Fraud, I think about right. this. I, I I although I think it's because they used Trent Ra- uh, Reznor and Atticus um mm-hmm. you know Ross music, some of which yeah. I remember from Gone Gil, You know, one of our favorite movies. I was like, ah, I remember that. I remember that song. But they use it very 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 well though. Um, is that. Yeah. In, with the Netflix one, it just felt like, okay, this is just something that started off good and it just got bad to worse to clusterfuck. And then after that, everybody life changed. Yeah. But for the worse, you know, so it had that kind of dreariness now, even though right. <laughs> you're still kind of laughing at how it just feel now, you know yeah, what I mean? But this one, you're right this in the sense that... This more cynical aspect and it was more right. like, this, all right, I just got to call you out because regardless of what it is, Regardless of what it is, you in the game or you know so much more than we do, you're still on right. shit. Still gonna make your trip. Right. True. I know, but yeah. it, this one, well, two things. There's two things we want to mention. I then I, we can move on. Um, right. I wanted to, I wanted them to grill Jaru a little more in this. Yeah. Um, but because but he denied, how... denied in the, he didn't want to be interviewed as, right. as what it said at the end of the film. Yeah. 
Right, because somebody was telling me how this one did, was made Ja Rule out to be real damning. And I was like, no. When I watched it, I was like, no, no, no. When, remember what Ja Rule said? Yes, and when, I, when I heard it, I laughed, but I was like, nah, fuck you, Dredd. Yes. Nah, man. Yeah. Nah, man. <laughs> I laughed, yes. I laughed twice when, I, when, I, when the two times I watched yeah. it, I laughed. I was like, wow, if I was, if I was in that room, I was just struggling to do it. Um, yeah, uh, the, I wanted them to, to grill Jowl a little more. And I wanted, um, as I say, I, I do think that this one was, it, it reveled in the schadenfreude a little too much. Like, you know, fuck these people, you know. Look, how, look at his failure, and it does revel into the into the failure a little too much. So it's a little too, as I said, a little too cynical. There's, li- I find the, the creators of this was licking the lips a little too much. You know, um, even right down to the song that they use in the right. in the, uh, the outro, I was like, all right, you're you're just having fun in the back with this. Yeah, this <laughs> it did it did come across a little too mean spirited. Um, in that case, but in the case of Billy, I was like, yeah, Billy, but I got so many people who just get get screwed over, and um. You know, it's just that he just he just adjust it in that way. And yeah. I, but oh, I, oh, before I forget, before I forget though, um, there's uh, one of the members of what what you call it, the Fuck Jerry group, right? That's that's right. the the group that that was handling the media, right? One yeah. shot, one shot alone. That was with him, um, in front of the the, the MacBook, right? Where he was explaining how things went well, fell apart. That shot yeah. when he left and then the lights cut off, I just see this one light shining on on the on the MacBook and the table. Yeah. I would have to say it's one of the best shots I've seen in a movie. Yeah. All right. It's a one shot alone. I was like, all right, this 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 get points to that realm. <laughs> and right. simple to it, but it just says so much about his role and what was going on. And how was this like, you know, it just fell apart. Boom. There you go. You know? Yeah. And I think he right. was the one who kind of went out and say, Well, I, I gotta make my own documentary. Now. I got right. he's the one who team up with Vice and that's where we got the Netflix um fire um, um documentary. Right. I thought that was, that, was, that was real funny as well. Right. I well, don't know if he was just dissatisfied with the interview itself. Maybe he was just like fuck y'all, I got my own shit. Or he just really took it hard because from it, yeah, that man really took it hard though. And <laughs> I don't know, I just figured maybe that's why he put this other doc out there, you know? Right. Yeah, but other than that, um, I I enjoy it as well. At like at at the moment, I can't really say, you know, Netflix is better. The Netflix one is better than Hulu. But I cannot have them up at the, the, the same level for now. Like maybe, yeah. you know, when I think about it, the Hulu one might drop in terms of quality. But for now, I like both of them. So I give both of them at the moment a decent four to five. Um, you need to check them out if you could. Um, check them out back to back. Because I find that the Hulu one, well, actually both ones have a little bit more information than the next one. So they kind of just kind of feed off each other. So like the stuff you didn't see in, in Netflix, you see it in the Hulu yeah. one and, and you know, vice versa. So I think they work they work very, very well together, man, you know. Even though yeah. maybe that wasn't the point, but I just see them as this good little, you know, um, double feature basically of just how not to prepare a music festival. You know? Yeah. All right, so... Speaking of epic failures, now I'm going to talk about a movie that, um, although it came out in late 2018, I think it was during some festival or something like that. The word was out since like the year started that this could be one of the worst movies of 2019, but right. And I was curious. I was like, all right, let me see how bad this movie could be, but let's right. say that I'm a, I'm a i'm a connoisseur of bad films but i was just like all right but the month now start though and they have this movie that literally just released and nobody knew about it so 
how 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 bad could this movie be? Of course, You're I'm right. talking about a little sci-fi thriller called Replicas. Stan, we boy okay. Neo himself, Keanu yeah. Reeves. Okay, so I don't think Keanu Reeves is a particularly good actor, frankly. Um, however, uh, the he just picked these weird roles in these movies, and they just fit weird now. He's like like these weird sci-fi movies now. So I'm not surprised that he pick a flick like this. Yeah. Um, like I thought he you know, literally like, listened after shit like Johnny Newmonic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he did um the, the one I kinda liked, um the one with the the one with the cartoon looking feel to everything. And it oh, was kinda uh, like I mean, uh, uh, kind of darkly. You know, I still have yes. Yeah. Happened. Uh, I mean I know though like uh, uh the like uh, a really director, he did Wicked Life, one of my all time favorite movies, but I don't know, like I just couldn't get into Scanner Darkly though. It was just yeah, it, it was kinda being weird though, yeah. Right, and I, but I think he, so. Keanu's always picked these little weird little sci-fi movie projects. So I'm not surprised that he picked this one. But when I hear January, I was like, Nah, boy. Nah, yeah. boy. So now I'm wondering if they release this thing intentionally. Though, like uh, we we all know that January, although we can kind of argue it's kind of not, um, is the month where it just throw all the the dregs of you know 2018 right. you know movie productions on us, right? So, yeah. you know, it, it almost feels like if they just train it because they just wear the, just boot it to the ground and like, oh, yeah, you know what, let me just put it out there for it to die, basically. Let's put it out to this wilderness, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and ironically so, because um, in next few months, we're supposed to get in John Wick Chapter 3 now, you know? Right. Yeah. But, yeah, boy. But here's the thing with me, yeah. like, I, like, I mean, I wouldn't say Keanu Reeves is a terrible actor, right? When he's cast in certain roles, you know, he stands out, right? But yeah, right. I admit, sometimes you could just do the same kind of monotone, kind of one note yeah, delivery, okay. with how he looks, the way how he reacts. You know? There are a lot of movies. There are a lot of movies I like him in, eh? Like I like him in well, of course I like him in the Matrix. Um not uh, so much Point, point Break he was good in. Point um Rob Dracula, we can laugh at him for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um the John Wick movies like I like him in. Yeah, stuff like the replacements and little roles now. Nah, a lot of roles that you like him in because he fit well and he don't play you're not trying to play wood or anything like that. He actually does fit the role well. But then he's have just so much trash moments. Um, yeah. So on average, on average he, he has more, in my opinion, he has more bad than good. Um, if it has counting pong for pong. But the good is really good when you're ready now. But still, he's not somebody I love in him. Anyway, but give me, give me the run through for what going on with this. Oh, boy. All right. So logic time, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> The story is set in um, Puerto Rico, right? Um, it's yes. this uh, facility. It's called the Biodyne Corporation, uh, yes. which, 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 of course, could not be related in any any um, way or form to Cyberdyne, right? Remember from Terminator? Just saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, two different, two different, two different terms. I mean, two different wow. um, names. All right. No relation. No relation, right? So, <laughs> so there um, is like this research facility, right? And um, and uh, Keanu plays a scientist by the name of William Foster. And basically yeah. what he's doing is that he's trying to figure out how to take the, the, the subconscious of a human being. Like even like if they get hurt or they're close to dying or they're dead actually and transfer it into another body, right? So in this case, they, they, it starts over them testing on this android, right? Um, right. And right off the bat, the, the, uh, the android design is... is Wow, boy. Um, to to call it two thousands Android, like literally, it looks like friggin' 
iRobot gen. iRobot came so, out in 2004, yeah. by the way. The design of it looks very much like iRobot. You know, the kind of pale white face. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you could see the you could see the brain and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's it's very yeah. iRobot gen. So yeah, it looks like shit from you know 2000 sci-fi, right? So yeah. they do this experiment. Um, they they take the the consciousness of this dead soul and transfer it to the robot, to the android. Sorry. And then, of course, the android starts overreacting in spasms. So it's like, where am I? Who am I? What is this? And yeah. it is some of the most unintentionally hilarious. It's, it's probably one of the most unintentionally hilarious scenes you will see in 2019. It is just so badly done. I'm talking about the CG. Yeah. The CG is what kill it. It looks so bad. It looks like, like I say, late 90s, early 2000s TV yeah. sci-fi shit, right? So, yeah. all right, experiment didn't work, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, experiment kind of worked, but um, William is just so, you know, so stern about this. Like, all right, well, we almost there. We almost there, right? Uh, he has a friend of his, right? Um, his name is Ed Whittle, who is played by Thomas uh, Middleditch. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who, well, I haven't seen um, Silicon Valley, but uh, apparently he was he was an actor in that. I heard Silicon Valley is great. Maybe you could... Disagree with me? I don't I know, but I really should I, check. I, I don't like it anywhere near as much as other people do. Um, but yeah, right. It, I right, don't love it. But the series still going on, right? Because I know HBO <laughs> put it out. Um, right. So it, yeah. So it's still going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll play catch up one day. I don't know. Right. So right. So he is a member of the group, right? And he's a friend of you know uh, Williams's family. So he has a wife and he has three kids, right? Uh, we will get back to those kids in a bit, right? So. On the side, he is, is doing clothing, right? So yeah. he's been trying it out on, on animals, and he was saying, well, you know, uh, tried it out on, on well, uh, not sheep. I don't think he mentioned sheep. Tried it out on this animal, and it came out with three eyes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, you know, experiments came out, you know, messed up now, right? But we'll get to him in a bit as well. Right, so one night... um. Uh, William and his family are driving out, right? They leave the home, they're driving out, right? Rain is pouring harder. Hard to the point that you will ask yourself, okay, why are you driving at this pace in, you know, at a place dark as hell already, yeah? with some trees and stuff like that, right? When rain falling hard. So while he's driving, right? A tree falls from like the, from, from like the side of the road, right? And, and you know, kind of comes down on on the on the front of the car itself, and one of the branches ends up sticking his wife in the in the chest, right? Yeah. And he tried to swerve away from it now, and it ended up going over the side of the road, falling down this um not a ditch but just down this hill basically. It goes down into this um this lake, and he comes out and he is the only survivor in all of this. Right. Right. He's the only survivor of all of this, right? So, he, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, it's, you know, he, yeah, it, it, it's that kind of show, right? It's that kind of show. Yeah, David Dunn. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's a David Dunn, literally, right? So, um, so he puts his wife and, you know, his, his, his three children, you know, on, on the, on the, um, he, he, well, he saves them from, from the car sinking and whatnot. Yeah. And there's this moment where you're seeing Keanu, like, force crying. Because he's holding his wife in his arms. And it's just so pathetic to watch. Pathetic in the sense that you're not feeling sorry for the man, but pathetic is like in the point yeah. of, but this is Keanu acting here. Why is he acting like this? Why is this yeah. acting so poor here? What's going on? Yeah. 
I swear to God, Ricardo, the next shot was him calling his friend, right? Friend comes through, and he like normal with it. He's like, all right, we got to go. We got to take these bodies. We got to carry them back to the research facility. No okay. tears, nothing. It's just like, well, right. you know, he on a mission now. He had to go. So if they if put two and two together, his plan is now is to not only clone their bodies and remove remove the, the original bodies, well, dispose of them, sorry, but also copy their consciousness and paste right. them Rep- into these new bodies. Hence right. the Rep- title, Rep- Replicas. Right. And I'll stop it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, before I forget, we also have, um, well, we must have a bad guy, right? And this case is Mr. John Ortiz. Last time I saw him was in um, uh, Fast and Furious 6, right? Because right. he was the... He was the um, the Colombian gangster fella from Fast Fur- well Fast and Furious. That's the fourth one, right? So I don't know. I don't know why he just keep playing bad guys, but that's a shit weather. So he's one of the well one of the founders of the group. So it's like, well, you know, we're gonna use your 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 um your technology. Well, sorry, your science and all this stuff that you was you know tinkering around with. And we're gonna use that for our nefarious needs. Ha 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 ha. So it's like that, right? But I'll stop there. So. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 writing for this is portrait, like, yeah, and it's so. I don't want to say old, but it just feels like some shit like from the nineties or from the early two yeah. thousands. Once again, like with the whole iRobot thing, like just these topics of oh well, you know, transferring consciousness from one mind to the next. Like it's been done before, but in this one, it was just so piss portrait like no yeah. total effort it's just like oh well it sounds technical enough so maybe it might work and maybe we'll make the audience question if it actually could happen you know um what else the the acting for this is piss poor as well Keanu I, I just feel just do this just to do a paycheck I don't know like I don't understand why certain actors like you know Bruce Willis for example would star in a Hollywood film right and then star in this real low budget thing which is a real piece of shit and you can just brush it off like, hey, I just keep myself busy, right? But I mean, like, you you are better than this, right? Like, look at your name. Like, I don't know how it is with 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 um, actors once they pass, you know, a certain age, like in you know, like uh, once they pass fifty, you know, they kind of obligated to do these kind of lower budget films because they had a, I don't know, like they 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 have to do the director fever. So I'm so it's like, you can't just say no. I don't want to do it. I want to work on my own shit. Like, I just had to yeah. do these films, these little films to. Well, I guess maybe to you know to <laughs> maybe to pee out on something, but the point is like you better than this, right? Like look at your your filmography. Why are you doing shit like this? You know what I mean? So that's how I felt when I was watching this show. Like Keanu Reeves could have just done so much better. Like, dude, you couldn't have just wait a little bit until John Wick chapter three come out and then you yeah, make your money. Yeah, yeah. No, but he, he is like the movie, but in some ways, again, he's like the Nicolas Cage in that sense. Like, he just accepts yes, rules. Like, yes, yeah. Accept. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like Dana. Yeah, exactly. Perfect reference. He's just like a Nicolas Cage. He'll be in a big movie one day and then you'll be in a small movie one day that, yeah, that yeah. kind of shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, yeah, like and I mean he don't really get to do anything action wise as such. It's just to look sour and look sad and look depressed and look concerned yeah. and determined, right? And speaking of all that kind of stuff, um the pieces for this, oh my god, but literally first half of the movie is just this boring humdrum you know, set of sequences involving him trying to copy consciousness and all that kind of stuff. Well, speaking about the whole copy consciousness and into new bodies and clones and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of funny that, you know, all, well, all right, so dumb little thing, right, as, as I mentioned kids before, uh, 
So so his friend, right, Ed, had four pods, right? Four human shape pods, right? Yeah, so I think he only had like um three pods, right? Yeah, he had three pods. So he didn't have four. So because yeah. of that, they had to let one of the children die. Because fuck, fuck because fuck lady lady wife die. Hell no. Yeah, Hell I, no. Okay. <laughs> So he, had to give up, so he had to give up this one. So he had to give up the youngest child, the daughter, right. uh, a daughter actually, her name is Zoe. So he could let the older son and older daughter and his wife survive. Yeah, I don't understand why it is that the wife had to survive. Remember, this other movie had that same problem. Um, what do you call it? Killing of a Secret, there. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I haven't seen it, but um, yeah. it had that same thing. Okay. Right, same problem, yeah. You'll yeah. see. But... I don't know, and uh, but oh gosh, man! Like, and they make it out like this big dramatic moment, like, <laughs> and how he figured out? Oh well, all right. Well, slight spoiler: how he figured out, right? It is so dumb. You know those games where, like, when you when you're picking a team leader, or sometimes like it's not dr- um drawing straws actually. It's like you write a name and you put it in this bowl, and you had to pick a name. That that yeah. that's that's how they figure out who who. Which one of the of the of the children should 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 um should should not be cloned? By literally yeah. drawing a name out of a of out of a friggin' um bowl random, yeah, yeah, out of random too. Yeah. Wow, boy. and they will make it out as such a dramatic figure. But yeah. what gave me is like as as they clone now, you would think that you know just like in the beginning how we see with the android, you try to figure out what's going on, why what what's going on, right? No. They normal. They normal. They know, you know, um, the type of clothes they wear. They know the kind of stuff they eat. You know, they know they, they own cell phone numbers and all that kind of stuff. They just like unfazed about it. It's just that they would have a specific memory of Zoe. Oh, and, and it gets better, Ricardo. It gets better. There's technology in the movie where you can erase memories. Okay, so well, in the show... <laughs> He's looking at the memories of all these, all well, all these, well, all the clones, all the replicas, right? He could see it on the screen. And my boy literally do this, this, this little technical procedure, right? This coded thing, where he remove all memories of Zoe. Right. <laughs> wow. Like back in the early two thousands, this would have been so like forward thinking <laughs> and so monumental. But it's funny. It's the time. Um... We call it by uh, got a Jim Carrey movie with the memories, no? Oh, um, yeah, Eternal Sunshine is Spotless Mind. So, right, Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind, right? Yeah, that, even, that even, budget, even um, oh, and as I, as I say, Eternal Sunshine, there's literally a scene there in the beginning where they was replicated. Haha, <laughs> get it? Uh, Minority Report, you know, okay. remember Minority Report was, I think it was like the first sci fi movie to have characters kind of just swipe, you know, in the air, you know, these little screens. Right, like in front yeah. here, like yeah, they do the same thing in this in this movie, right? And okay. it's how it's demand delivery is like cross phase X procedure, cross phase yeah. that procedure, and you just seen it in the driest, deadest way imaginable, boy. And that's just all for yeah. that, just all for that delivery alone. I was just like, all right, I was I, I, I kind of used to defend Keanu Reeves for years, boy, but just because he used to sign dread action movies, but this right. man can really act, boy, like. Okay, he don't really show it in this movie. Well, the way you're describing this is it's something like uh, just a, a script that was in development that held for the better part of 20 years. And yeah, it really does feel like it, dude. Yeah. yeah, like something that just 
click thus it's just like or oh, oh, you know yeah. i was thinking about too maybe this was something that that came out like you know in the mid to uh mid 2000s and um say like oh sorry mid 2010 sorry and they just yeah. decided to put it out to, to capitalize on a person's name now because right. uh like okay so john Wick chapter three coming out all right cool gonna drop this movie so here's what people go and see my movie because i had the same actor and i go make Okay. Not, not yeah, yeah. about the money, but I can make money because I can't yeah, use them. Marketing, yeah, the marketing tactic, yeah, yeah. But I'm uh, sorry, nothing about this thing would the logic don't make any yeah. sense. The science feels old and dated and just nonsensical. Yeah. This feels like different ideas. Like, dude, it could have just been copy and paste consciousness, right? It could have been that, right. but then you had to drop cloning into the mix too. Yeah, it's and, like trouble. Yeah. And real bullshit to it because first of all, I tell myself because I look at the title replicas. You see the intro with the with the android. Okay, so is he going to make android versions of his family and then they go all crazy and psychotic? That would have been interesting. But no, you right. just scrap the whole robot thing until the very end. That's all I'll say. But it's one of the worst endings you'll see of any movie this year, hands down. Wow. Uh, but you throw that to the wayside. To show we like this family dynamic is like, oh, you're back and we could be a family together, but something wrong. And now we had to see the family from evil John Ortiz because movie, and that's it. Right. So yeah, boy, the, the 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 cast for this was wasted. I feel sorry for for Keanu Reeves, but once again, I was really it, it really had my asking myself, is this man really a good actor or not? And I cannot wait to give it how long he in the business. So you know, you can let him slide with certain movies, but still, but. Just right. to emote, just to be, you know, just to express emotion, boy. And he just does it like a robot, literally. Literally, he is a robot in this movie. And the pacing, it is just so goddamn boring, boy. Like, yeah. I literally was fighting to, to, to keep my eyes open. I was just like, all right, just, just throw me something unintentionally funny. Please keep me up. And it was just like boring, 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 pointless. So I think I talk way too much about this show. So yeah, this is a one out of five. Of course, it wow. sucked. It's, it's one of the worst movies of the year. So yeah, I get to see two bad movies in in this month. Yay! So yeah. as, as if I can remember it by years, and that'll be that'll be the tricky part. I right. don't know how who to recommend this to. Like this is not one of those so bad it's good movies. It just so bad yeah, it just bad. it just pitiful it to watch. Um, right. And it's like a huge slap to the face to. Just see the intelligence of anybody watching this movie. I um and I don't know. I, I just think that, that Keanu just kind of forgot about the show already. He just probably just waited, keeping fingers crossed. I keep my fingers crossed. I hope that Jobic Chapter 3 does that suck as far as trequels go. But yeah, I this this is just something that he will just kind of scratch off in his in his resume, I guess. You know, something he does do right. as a favor. And it's just forgotten. And yeah, believe me, if you if you do decide to, to to watch this, believe me, by I don't know, probably three hours tops or two hours tops, you'll forget about this shit. Right? So yeah, well, avoid this movie. Yeah. Sad. Sad. Uh yeah. Well it's it's another really bad movie from what I understand. That is um Matthew McConaughey, a new movie come out. I wanted to see that about Serenity. Serenity, yeah. Like I I I free, I hear the ending to it is real. <laughs> I <was> <laughs> But I don't know, man. I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want movie spoiling me though. But I remember watching. I saw the trailer for it. Eh? I didn't even know about it. Um, the first time I saw Matthew McConaughey, I say, okay, big, big, big yeah. people in the show. All right, all right, yeah. good. And then I saw the title. I was like, but wait, now. But um, there was a movie called Serenity. Though it was, it was the, yeah, the spinoff movie from Firefly. Uh, Come on, yeah. Come on. Like you, you, you piss uh, off real Firefly fans uh, <laughs> already with that, man. Come on, people. Come on. 
And something about it, by the way, before we get to the next show, it had that real 90s, you know, schlocky, you know, um, softcore pornish kind of vibe, you know. These right. American, this American couple go to an island and it's all steamy and seductive. And there's a guy yeah. in the background, you know, who who who's trying to cuckold him and blah 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 blah. You know, it had a yeah. real ninety schlocky thriller feel to it. You know, right. maybe maybe that's the reason why they make it, but I don't know. Uh, but I think we're supposed to be getting it um, either this week at the time it's recorded or next week. But um, hey, if you're brave, go check it out, man. You can tell me how it was. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to remember. Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to just talk about quick. Uh, Young Justice had its mid-season finale. Pretty awesome. Uh, uh, I am still recapping season one, but I will I will be able... I, I, I promise you this. I will catch up on the first half of season three. I know they, they, you know, well, mid-season break until I think they started back. I'm not sure if it's in June or something, but yeah, a few months from now. So I'll, I'll right. be able to catch up in time for sure. I will straight up say it. These what, 13 episodes or so, has been absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's so nice, well done, nice. every, every episode. Listen, this is so good that I kind of completely, almost completely neglect um, the DC CW shows. Because, like, I get my DC fix now. And, like, yeah, yeah. Just kind of half-assing it anyway, you know? So it's like, yeah, I, I, I know I don't spend time catching up with the DC CW shows, because I really did not care to see any of them shows, because Young Justice is so well done. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw, I'm, I'm glad to hear this though, because you know we yeah. waited so long for a two season, you know. Yeah, it's just they just they just this isn't out of the park in my opinion. All right, well I I am I am so excited to see it, but once again because I'm I don't know everything DC after do my homework and you know play catch up. Yeah, but... I mean that's I mean, how they just do it. They tell the story reasonably well. Yeah, that's how to really remind yourself what was happening in season two in particular. Just do yeah, that. And, and, and and character dynamics too, you know, like. You know, like um, you know, like I have to remember what happened with Superboy and you know, Marshall Manhunter, right. um, Niso. Right. You know, just just the dynamics, there, so I'll understand when season three come up. Oh, why this matters or why this happened the way it yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea to recap. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my time man. I mean, you know, it's it's a long time anyway. That that's the, that's the problem because we had to wait so long for it. You know, you, you kind of have no choice but to. Unless you're real versed in all things um, DC. Right. All right. So speaking of, of, well, you know, TV or streaming services, I should say, sorry. Now we're going to get to to Netflix. Um, Unfortunately, I did not get around to watching Polar, nor did I get around to reading the um, the graphic novel, which is based on. I've been hearing some bad reviews about it. Some people saying it's Uh, just badly made 90s action bullshit. You know, feels dated. Okay. Some people find it repulsive and blah blah blah. So For I was me, just like, um, right. the trailer looked good though. So right. yeah, how, how, how was Pula? The first half of this is really bad. First half hated it. It was way too comic booky. It catered to the comic book too much. Right. Um, they like how it, it really feel like a episode, like watching the losers or one of these graphic novels that they translate now. Or the one with Charlie Starr on the other day. Kinda actually liked the losers, the movie. Yeah? Right. I love the comics. Yeah. I love the comics, but the movie is not bad. It's not bad. It's it's right. no, but it's, dumb, yeah, it's like fun, but yeah, you know. I I, I yeah, like the yeah, 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 exactly. It like the losers or the takers or um you know, but it, it well played like if it's a comic now. Um and I hated the first half in this. It's had an opening sequence of Johnny Knoxville that's so corny and so dotish. Um but then, 
the second half hits and it's like, all right, this action is badass. It's a, it's a comic book movie. There's a kind of a twist at the end, which you, you kind of see coming, I suppose. I suppose me selling out because I didn't expect it to happen. Right. Uh, that's it. And it's just a, a good violent, it's real violent, it over the top. The villain I hate in this, absolutely hate the villain, Mr. Blood. Hate that villain. That's Mr. Blood. Okay. Mr. Blood, yeah, B L U T or Mr. Blue. I can't remember. Or Blue. Okay. Uh, uh, right. what, 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 is, what is Polar about for those right. who are not? It's about, basically, it's about Mads Mikkelsen. He's a retired um, assassin. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he gets pulled back in the game because they're coming after him. Because you find out that Mr. Blood wants to... Um, he can't pay people beyond 50. Because the age of 50, he just want to pay him. He kind of owes him like millions of dollars. So what it is... Wow, so, so, so old... So all hitman do do get paid, all right? <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. You know, they, they don't want to pay because he's like, oh, he, he's, he's supposed to retire now. But yeah, he's supposed but to retire. Experience, no experience. Come on, you, right. you gotta pay for experience. I mean, whatever. Is, right. So what you just do? What you just do is they just send them on these kind of borderline suicide missions and don't tell them. No. Well, set up thing. But right. Madison character, I forget his name. Oh gosh, um, the black, the black Kaiser. That's Ooh. his name. Yeah, badass. Yeah. Um, they said it, he's so badass that when they're trying to set him up, <laughs> um, he set up the wicked uh, and he had to get any money and he had to pay him anyway. So they send this hard ass assassin team to go after him and he ended up wiping them out. And uh, so you take it. I watch the movie and I'm like, oh, I take it this is the finale. Nope, first half. I'm like, oh, what? Second half okay. now. Okay. <laughs> Second half now, they pick up where he go on after the fella he gets set up and somebody who he trusts set him up. And then it had this, I'll say a very gratuitous and extended torture sequence, but it's pretty good, kind of badass on its own. Um, then he escaped, that whole escape sequence badass, and then the finale with him explaining what went down with it, had a big thing, and he was kind of being traumatized by that, and that is the whole story. He wipes out the bad guy, and that is it. And I thought the movie was pretty awesome, for what it was. Like, for what it was, okay, okay. Yeah, no, I wanted, I was hated the first half. I was like, wow, they should have played this more seriously. Too jokey, too much jokes. Jokes not funny. Um, most of the, the, the humor just don't work and falling flat. And the, the, it too campy and too ridiculous. And then they hit the second half and I was like, all right, well, this kind of badass on its own. It's like a total comic book movie, but it works. Right. And, but, um, does, does it, does it, um, is there a reason why it feels like two different films then? You know? Idea. I have no idea because when you mentioned it was a, a, a man, uh, well, it was a graphic novel, I was like, oh, yeah, right, this was a graphic novel. So I get the feeling that they tried to do that, like it, it, the comic just tried to replicate the comic for what it was. Right. And the comic have that problem. So, like, well, is the comic do it? They just replicate the comic, go ahead. Uh, and that is it. Uh, but I don't know what else to say because it is very kind of cliche and straightforward. I don't know if you all love it. It does the fake blood thing, which I hate. Um, yeah, well, well, we kind of had to expect that with action movies now, I guess. So. God damn tired of that shit. Um, <sighs> yeah, but whatever. The, the, but the, the, the violence still decent. Um, this is, this, but the action good. I'll actually like, like it for what it is. Right, well, what about the, the performances though, outside of Johnny Knoxville? Um, I heard Vanessa Hudgens was in it. I was worried about... Not, not, I don't hate yeah. her, but you know, it's just, been, she's kind of associated been, with, with kind of shitty movies. Just saying. Right, yeah, yeah. The movie is very B movie, yeah. Let's just be clear about that. Um, it's it's little on the unpolished end of things. Not not particularly professional, but Mads brings it. He's a good actor. He holds the role. Um, even though I don't like Mr. Blood, the actor playing him is he is totally over the top and excellent. 
he just totally hammered up the scenes. Um, and it does, does make it work. Um, but yeah, I still hate this villain because of his motivation. I was like, wow, that is the reason you're doing this shit. Like, that is the reason. <laughs> he doesn't want to pay the man. <laughs> that is it. I know. It's right? so dumb. It's <laughs> real dumb. Right? Come on. <laughs> and he, he like, real gone far for no good reason. Um, that's about it. It's, it's, it's basically like decent John Wick fan fiction, which is in itself fan fiction of other kind of um, action movies, subversion yeah, stuff. Movies. But more, still... more action movies and then, you know, comic books, actually. Right. But yeah. I basically just feel like it's feel like a, just a, a person decide, hey, I want to do my version of John Wick, and this is what it's gonna look like. And I yeah. just feel like, and so it was like bad. I do old, old, old John Wick basically. You know? Yeah, basically, just as grimy well, as old movie. European John Wick actually. Yeah. Right, and it does real grimy. It have a it have a real stupid scene with with Mads teaching some children, um, like teaching a class. You'll see. I, You'll see I saw that the trailer, and, and it made it's no so sense. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. However, but, but, but again, uh, a Tarantino vibe from things where you know you might just cut on the griminess and the blood to show you something that's kind of funny, but it just kind of catches you off guard. Like, um, right. I think Kill Bill Volume 2, the shot with um, uh, where we finally learn you know the, the bride's name, Beatrix, and there's a shot of Uma Thurman in the classroom. Like, how right. do you do that? I have a feeling that's how the that classroom scene was done. I well, then again, I'll, I'll have to see for myself, but whatever, right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Not nothing else to really mention. It's just it's real straightforward. You know, it have, the twist is a kind of a twist you kind of see coming. And the matter I can mention is that twist is the only part that probably sell it out in itself because you'll start looking for it now, unfortunately. Um, uh, when, I, when I see it, it'll happen. What, well, sorry, when I, I see it, I'll see it. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't that like way so mind blowing. You know, that catch you off guard that I have not would mention. It's like, yeah, it was just the way it was. Um, yeah. nice. if, you know, if you know the genre, you, you kind of know where it's going to lead. Yeah, rating, rating 6.5 out of 10. Um, okay, okay. See it. You'll enjoy it. I, I had fun with it at least. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look for sure. But yeah. like like I say, once again, them reviews were just so so bad fit, but I was just worried. Like, uh, like, like not say any movie I, I, could be like overall, uh, like an overall failure, but just like, what it was that bad? That that was my question. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I understand why people um you know could have a bad review of it. But yeah, that first half was really bad. And the second half is some cliched stuff, even though it's cliched stuff that um up my alley. I like it. So it's like cool. But yeah, nothing about it mind blowing or interesting. It's just straightforward what it was and then the ending was kinda it they, they leave things open, but it, you know, it's like in a sequel beat the ending. Not too sequel beat, it could work for it what it was. Right. Um it's fine. I enjoyed it for what it was. It's fine. It's cool. Okay. Cool, cool. Though they cut the branches 
Before we start, what catch me off guard of this movie is how it really feel and shot like our 70s movie. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is that, which is good. I actually appreciate that about the movie. I really do. Right. Um, and another thing, well, we you'll talk about we'll talk about it when you do the synopsis, won't you? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so my history with Suspira, right? Um I saw the original 1977 movie, the cult classic. Uh, directed yeah. by Dario Argento, um, it is one of his most popular works. All I would say it is his best work, not by a long shot. Um, I enjoy it for what it is. Like I love the the psychedelic visuals, the colors that they use. I love the the soundtrack. It very moody, very creepy. Uh, I think a little yeah. too creepy. You know, like they really try to creep you out with every single scene that they 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 added to. Um, I actually rewatched it before watching this new Suspiria here, and yeah. it is it is a fun horror flick. It's, it's one of those movies that you watch with you know uh, you, you watch with friends and you just kind of laughing at how cheesy some parts are. But you do come out of it kind of creeped out though, even though I find that the third act lead up to the end it is is really ridiculous. Um, but what I like though is just the aesthetic, to it, just the this, it's a haunted house movie, basically, but it's just done in this this really creative, unique way. You know, with the use of bright colors, you know, a lot of reds, you know, a lot of oranges and yeah. yellows and stuff like that. Well, you know, Dario Gento does um, Gaio films. I, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Gaio or Galio films, right? Which is basically murder mysteries. And, you know, Suspiria right. starts off like that. But what made this one interesting is that it goes into the supernatural aspect, where it's not just about, it's not really about somebody killing people it's some sort of entity or some people behind the scenes that orchestrate in these really elaborate deaths and you're really wondering what's going on until you you understand the very end so it's very unique yeah. in terms of just how those films were and yeah it really does deserve its cult status it is one of the greatest cult movies of all time um i would not say that it is a masterpiece by the you know stretch of the imagination but i enjoy it i i really 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 dig the, you know the original one um, Ricardo, yeah. have you seen the original Suspiria? What you, what, what yeah. are your thoughts on it? You care for it or you don't care for it? Yeah, it, it, I get it. I, it. It really can't be and kind of jokey for its, its time, but it's oh, one of those that, things that... that that's the word you, you hit it right. It can't be. It's very, very right. can't be, actually. Yeah, it, it, it works on its own, um, these kind of things. That's why I, I was so weird and weirded out and surprised by this one because it's like it different in almost every way, though. Yes, exactly. Like I was telling yeah. myself, okay, it's inspired by because clearly this is not a remake, but um, kind of is what he's drawing from from the original and what he's using. You know, what I mean, not to say that it has to be like a shot by shot remake of it, but it was just these creative choices were kind of weird. And for the it, it kind of works, but then it kind of doesn't work. But 
I'll get into this um, remake here, right? Just the synopsis. So um, it is directed by um, Luca Guad- Guad- Guadagnino. Sorry. Um, he is the guy who directed um, Call Me By Your Name, which I right. remember was one of your favorite movies. I enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, not as much as you do, but um, I really enjoy the, you know, the French New Wave take on this, um, this, you know, this romantic story. And I right. love the final shot of it, you know. Um, but it does have this sort of early 80s feel to things, especially with the, the font and the text and, you know, let's see the aesthetic yeah. of it. And it won a few awards as well. Uh, I yeah. think it won Best Original Song. And, yeah, the song for that was really nice, though. Really, really heartfelt and just just sweet, you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. great performances from Ami Hammer and uh, forgetting Homeboy's name. But, you know, uh, he, he was probably the different Best Actor. Right. Uh, um, Timothy Shali. Shali, yeah. Right. Yeah. Forget the names now, but whatever. <clears throat> right. So this one is set in 1977 Germany, right? And um, yeah. this is uh, right during the German autumn, which is because yeah. I know nothing of German history, even though I did do a uh, uh, class on German film. When I went to the states on the you know the foreign exchange thing, yeah, so I don't know the the full historical context of things, but they do hit they do hit your reminders of just what was going on at that time. It just really serves as a backdrop for this story here. Uh, but you sound like you were familiar with the German autumn. No, no, it's just general. I think it's something to do with the, the you know a kind of general. Uh, if I remember correctly, something to do with the clash between Bonn and Berlin. Um, remember they were still. Remember, it was Cold Warner. Right, 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 exactly. Things just kind of fell apart, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Right. So, uh, just like in the original movie, the character is Susie Bannon. Uh, She's played this time by uh, Dakota Johnson, who uh, really is is shutting off that, uh, you know, that that Fifty Shades. Just just washing that off clean. It's like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm a real actress this time. I'm really going to show you how great of an actress uh, I am, right? So she's an American woman, and she arrives at this uh, German ballet school, basically. Yeah. So unlike in the original movie now, where um, that person kind of flees and then gets killed, right? Uh, yeah. In this case, it's, uh, well, we kill, um let me see if I get it name, right? Uh, right, Chloe Grace Moritz, who yeah. I, really, I, I forgot was in the movie. And she ends up fleeing and ends up running into... Um, uh, a character by the name of Dr. Joseph Klemperer, who is played yeah. by Shockley Duff, friggin' so Tilda Swinton, though. Yeah. And I didn't even know that until, like, afterwards. I don't know why they try to hide this, because it's so obvious, and it, then they decide to have the, the alias, like, when it's checking, you take me out, the name is... Yeah, like, in, in the credits, you see the alias, yeah, exactly. like, what? This, nice. this put her name, though. But yeah, yeah but she's so she she playing this, this German um, doctor at... Oh, sorry, well, more like a... Psychiatrist, I would say, yeah. Right. Uh, it's kind of funny when I was watching character because I, find, I was listening to the voice, like, why their voice sounded so weird, so slightly feminine. As only when the movie done, I was like, oh shit, is that she? she wow, okay. Yeah. They, they did this, sorry, Tilda. Uh, I mean, you know, um, re, re, I mean, respect, respect to her, you know, doing doing these kind of roles, okay, whatever. Um, and she also plays the character of uh, Madame Blanc. Who is also a character from um, from the original Suspiria, right? She is one of the the women who run the school. 
Um, just like in the original, you know, there's some deep dark shit going on. Susan is aware of it. She befriends um, a couple of girls. One of them by the name of Sarah, who's played by um, Maya Gott. And yeah. yeah, so, but Sarah, on the other hand, is trying to break free. She's trying to, well, she actually enlists the help of Dr. You know, um, Joseph, you know, try to figure out what's going on. But at the same time, um, Suzanne seems to be more and more enamored and just getting more and more deep into the school. You know, she's being persuaded more and more to push herself as a dancer, you know, and she just really goes into it, you know, basically. Um, almost to the point that she's ga- gaining some kind of sexual, you know, satisfaction from it, right? Which is yeah. kind of weird, but I was expecting that in the movie anyway, right? So, long story short, uh, just like in the original one, um, the school is actually a, a, a front, if you will, for this coven of witches um, who have been pretty much hiding in secret for centuries, basically. And they have their own kind of creepy stuff going on, um, some of which, unfortunately, is not really revealed. And Joseph somehow finds himself involved in all the shenanigans. And that's, that's all I had to say about the, yeah. the premise. Uh, Ricardo, your honest, honest yes. thoughts on yes. Suspiria. All right, so first, first thing, you know, um, note to self, do not... <laughs> Not eating lasagna while watching movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> I was eating, but not in that particular. Was it no, in a particular it, scene in the movie? Right. And is is very okay. So it was at the end. I was like, oh, there's a mistake, though. <laughs> oh, oh, there. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. No, but you, um, you'll talk about that that end in a bit. I, I did like this a lot, um, but I felt it was a bit obtuse for me, and it only really got going. It's only the last thirty minutes. That I was like, and I was like, wow, this movie should have been a little shorter. Yes, I, I agree with you. The, the, one of the biggest flaws in this movie is that this shit clocks in at two and a half hours, though. Almost two and a half yeah. hours. While the original one was like, what, 102 minutes roughly or 105? You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, there was no need for this movie to be so long, but Yeah, that was, that was my big, big issue with it. And because it just, it just paced itself so weird. And I couldn't, like, I, I was like, I barely remember the original. Because I watched it I watched it a long time ago. I remember it just being kind of weird and campy and strange. Yeah, um, but it was straightforward. It was just a simple, well, I don't want to say that simple narrative. Because I, I kind of find the last, the last act, it just should just sort of get weird. Um, right. Kind of, kind of like with this movie here, but not as over the top as this one, but whatever. But yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah. much a straightforward narrative. Right. And... Yeah, I agree. And then that's the thing. So they decide to do some, tell it so like opposite to what it tried to do. But then it shoot like if it shoot back in the nineteen seventies, and it's so it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, in that way. However, yeah. Um, um well, just to touch on on the way how it's shot, right? So, okay. So I I call in I call in big autos, right? Have you ever heard of a guy called Rena Wuna Fassbender? No, sorry. All right. So he is so arguably one of the most famous um, German directors um, right. that, that ever, you know, shot, uh, that ever made movies, right? And right. there was one movie that he made, um, I, I forgot the name of it. Uh, I think it's called The Marriage of Eva Braun or something like that, right? And the right. look of it really felt like that, which is just these muted colors just gray and browns and all that kind of stuff it just feels like all the color just being sucked out now because it's winter time yeah. now 
and it just has that look to it, just the way how it's shot. And uh, because they use Kodak, um, well, well, Kodak film for this thing, it yeah. kind of really reminded me of that movie, and just that sort yeah. of seventies film look. So it really, so in other words, it feels like a German New Wave movie, like literally something that came out in Germany in nineteen seventy seven. It looks yeah. legitimately like that. Yeah, this film just yeah, I agree. Yeah, color, same green, and, same color green, same everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's a far, far, far departure from what Dario Argento was doing with um with the with his Suspiria. Where yeah. although in retrospect, I think it works more with Dario Argento um than than this one here. Where's bright colors here, giving the illusion that this is this is an art house horror film when in actuality it's right. just a sleazy, schlocky, haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. But just with bright colors to make you, you know, <laughs> make you assume it's art, right? And speaking of art, um, with this, well, speaking of art, uh, from the trailer, I was telling myself, all right, this have an art house feel to it. I have no problem with that. But um, I, I didn't expect this movie to be so incredibly high art, though. Like, a little too much, way, you know what I mean? And this is kind of a good thing in terms of just being different and being unique but kind of a detriment as well too because i find it's more about artistic stuff you know just highfalutin stuff as opposed to just telling a straightforward narrative like there are scenes literally right like little um scenes as well in the original movie you know characters were having nightmares right but you didn't really see the nightmares themselves in this movie yeah. you see them and I don't know, for me, they were feeling like something out of a last one, Trey movie. You know, there's all these yep. quick cuts, this weird shit. And it's like, wait, what the fuck was that? What? And then it just cuts to something else. And it just keep going and going and going. And unfortunately, they never really explain anything. It's just weird shit. Like, just a character would, would, would be, you know, some bloodletting would take place. A character would get killed or some sort. And it's right. like, what's going on? Why? And they, nev- they just never really explain anything, right? Um, yeah, just, and to me, yeah. that that just brought the movie down. Though it just felt like it just okay, trying to be artsy, but to the point that if you don't understand what's going on here, it's just because you don't know how to watch art films. And I'm sorry, I watch art oh. films. What the fuck you think I could I could pull up Rena Fassbender? You know what I mean? I watch art films, but give me a story that I could act, yeah. that could actually digest and actually understand what's going on yeah. though. It is what breaks it down though, because they're yeah. like, okay, where is this leading up to? But we're dragging yeah. here. Why? You know? The, 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 the movie only had two good highlights for me. The, the opening thing with the first death by oh, Danton. That, that first death was, was, right. was very well done. Up, but it was very well done. Yeah, um, yeah, and I will say though, uh, you see how you talk about eating lasagna. Um, don't, don't eat anything. I, I was lucky enough not yeah. to eat anything, but when I saw that, I was just like. <sighs> God, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad for you. Then the last thirty minutes, when she discovered the truth of the whole thing, and it had this one character in particular, they made particularly disgusted. Um, yes. That's the character. That was when, that was when I was like, all right, I should try to chill out in the eating of lasagna while yeah. while watching. This. Yeah, um, here's, here's the thing about about that ending, right? Or just well, just that two dark, right? Um. This is where literally shit just hits the fan and everything just goes insane. Right. Like literally insane. It is one of the most insane climaxes of a horror movie I think I've ever seen, right? And I, I, thought, um, I thought that was good. And I, I kind of got what was going down in the ending, right? In, in terms of this, oh, this is what happened in this way. I, I barely remember the story and I was like, okay, okay, this is what happened. 
can't remember right. the craft a bit in terms of like what the power structure is. It's like, oh, you have a bunch right. of witches. With the, with the witches and stuff, yeah. Yeah, they have a bunch of witches and they're abusing power. And the person who's the supposedly most innocent outsider one is end up being the most strongest yes. of them all. Like, all right, yeah. cool. Yeah, kind of a spoiler, That's... but kind of not really. But the, the right. show's kind of alluding to it anyway, right? But um, exactly. what I like about what I like about that sequence, what the one thing that I like though, it kind of explains more about the dynamic between the coven themselves because in the original one it was just oh they're witches that they do weird shit and there's this one person in the shadows that kind of orchestrated everything but you don't really see who the person is and then you know because we we, we focusing on susan so much it's kind of like just her trying to get out before she gets killed right um in right. this case here um while i get what he was going for with with the climax I don't know, it just kind of left a port, like a bar piece in my mouth. Like, I don't know, like, I just watched it. I was just like, all right, it's weird and it, it's high art, but I didn't feel satisfied by it. You know, that's the best way I could describe it. I just kind of, I saw it there. I was like, all right, this is a lot, but I know, like, I was like, in my head, I said to myself, all right, I know in the climax, we're going to get something like really weird and fucked up. And I get that, but. I didn't feel satisfied by it, you know? It was just like, okay, things happen, and then the reveal happens. It's like, okay, this is what you're going for. All right. And then I swear the last shot of it felt like a friggin' um, Enigma video. You know, if, if, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're familiar with Enigma videos, kids actually parents, yeah. they kind of know where I'm coming from, you know, with the the, the, the lowered shutter um, rate and just <laughs> how the images yeah. move and just what's going on in the shot. I was just like, yeah. All right, but but why am I not feeling this? Right, this just feels way like bordering on pretentious, bordering, yeah. bordering. Right, and then I tell myself, okay, this this is the end. All right, okay, weird with the endings off, and then you get the epilogue, boy. And yeah. <laughs> this this show already at the same right off the beginning, eh, as when you see Amazon Studios, blah blah blah, presents a film in six acts and and an epilogue. I'm like, all right, okay. And the first five acts kind of bleed into each other, but the sixth one is where shit hits the fan. And then you get the 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 clam, um, the the epilogue. And I was like, okay, we we wait, we still have twelve more minutes again with this movie, though. What? Yeah. What what they can really tell in this piece here? And then you get the actual climax of the movie, and it involves um, Dakota Johnson's character and Tilda, well, Doctor Joseph, right? Right. And I was like, okay, so this is what it led up to. Because really and truly, it's like, I guess what they try to talk about is about German German history itself there, you know, well, and they try to update with, you know, motherhood and, you know, um, the matriarchy and try to move on from the past. And, you know, if you, if, if, if you don't know about your history and all that kind of stuff there, but it just felt like two different planes of existence trying to merge together into one movie. Because like, all right, you have the witch stuff going on and you kind of invested that. But then every time they would just stop and talk about some shit going on in Germany and the war and then well well World War Two and then Dr. Joseph was was uh was you know uh end up fleeing Nazi rule and all that kind of stuff there. So it's like yeah. you're bringing in this narrative, but this subplot, but it doesn't really fit in with everything else that was going on there. And they have this climax, like I say before, with try to merge the two together. I was just like, all right, but what is Joseph's story because I reveal about somebody involved in Joseph's life. But I was like, and, um, and Dakota, now, now that she has become who she is, is telling him the story. i like, but what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with the witches? This have nothing to do with that, though. It's just, 
I am here to tell you the story because I have to end your story arc. My own doesn't really end. It's just that, well, I guess it kind of end with the Enigma-esque scene. But I don't know. It's just like they try to tie, tie both arcs together. And it just didn't work for me. And then the final shot, while I get, like, I understand, like, you know, it's history, get it? But I don't know. It just felt like it was just two different films I was watching here. So overall, I don't know why. I just kind of came out of it really underwhelmed, man. I I really wanted to like it. It it, it just was, okay, if they just took all the historical stuff and just had it as a backdrop and nothing more, I'd appreciate this thing more. But they just had to stretch things out and because, you know, try to understand German history and it just felt totally different and totally disconnected from what was going on in the school. And then with the, the stuff with the school, I, like I was looking for somebody to kind of relate to, somebody who I could kind of follow. And at first, I think it was Susanna, but then it, Susan, sorry, but then it was uh, it was Sarah, and then something happened with Sarah. So it's like, okay, what's going on? And then, okay, well, another good thing I like to the dance choreography. Yes, the choreography was right. excellent, right? But yeah. it was to a point where you actually get the, well, the, the main scene, you know, the, the part that is always advertising, where, you know, the characters dressed in these, like, these kind of, you know, red, kind of slitty, kind of, uh, well, strappy, sorry, kind of outfits, basically. I was like, yeah. okay. Like, all right. Aesthetically, I get where they're coming from, and it looks great. It's very creepy, but at the same time, it's so, like, a car, you know, your eyes are glued to the screen when you see them do the performance, right? But I was like, but what does this lead up to? You know, and this is another thing that disappointed me. It's like, all right, we have all this witch stuff going on. They kind of hinted early, early, early o'clock. Yes, there's some creepy witch shit going on. But why? Why is all this witch stuff going on? Now, if right. initially, because initially they were saying, oh, well, Susan is going to be, yes, she's a perfect sacrifice. All right, cool. So it's leading up to that. But then it stops and it's not like that. It's about Sarah now. And then something happened to Sarah and then go back to it. But like, all right, so if it's... But what was the point of having that dance sequence to begin with? Like, is it to show the world, hey, we're actually witches. We're just kind of giving you a clue because when Joseph actually goes and he sees the thing, he's like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, something's wrong, clearly wrong here. And that's why he goes further to investigate. But I was like, all right, what is the what is the purpose of this? And then leading up to the end, though, where you actually see the full reveal and all the weird shit that actually going on behind the scenes, once again, What's the purpose? What's the point of all this? So, in short, I didn't leave the movie asking myself, what the fuck? I left, I really asking, why the fuck? Why the fuck right. things, why the fuck certain things happened? Why certain things were in the movie? It, it just didn't explain itself. Even the historical stuff, I was like, why? Why? What does this have to do with anything? The weird stuff, what's the point? What's the purpose? What is it all leading up to? And it ultimately kind of comes out to Nothing really, you know, and I, I, I don't know. I just really felt underwhelmed because of that. I, I felt kind of cheated in a way, you know. Um, yeah. But what are your final thoughts on the movie before we get to rating? Yeah, no, I, I, I lodge in, t- in line with you again. As I said, obtuse, um, time, that's the main thing. Cut, cut a good, I don't know, 45, 45 minutes from this, in my opinion, and it could have worked a little better. It just was too long. Yeah, it was, it was, and. I don't know, like I was watching say, I just felt like the life just being like sucked out of it. So by the ending, I just felt like drained, but like I, I just really didn't know what to make of myself. I didn't know what to make about what I saw. Like I can't say I, I hated it, but I can't say I loved it either. I just kind of indifferent it right now. Um, and you know what? Props to you know Luca for 
doing something different and not making a remake in the traditional sense. But to me, it was kind of like this could have just been its own movie and not Suspiria. It was just Suspiria by right. title and setting, right? Well, the 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 Bali right. school, but nothing yeah. else about it really felt like it was inspired by you know Dario Gento's film. It was just Suspiria yeah. by name and you know location. That's it. But this could have been something else though, because it really does does feel like something else. Although I will give credit though, there's a lot more dancing and emphasis on Bali, or like in the first movie. First movie didn't have that much dance in it, so you know, props to that. And like I said, the dance choreography was on point. Um, the music mostly was good, although I kind of hated the song that they was playing during the climax. I think it's the same right. one that they played in the end. I, I, I don't know, I just hated it. <laughs> it really felt like some enigma shit, but whatever. But overall, I don't know. For me, like as much as I want to give it that three way, I just kind of came out of it like just asking why. What, what was the point of all this? Maybe yeah. I just do understand art, understand it, but give my art with, with a point, the art with a reason, art with a purpose, you know? Actually justify why this movie was remade to begin with, right? So, uh, sorry, for me, I had to give this a strong two and a half out of five, man. See right. it if you want to yeah. see it. If you're really curious, give it a look. But if you love the original one, stick with the original one. Or if you haven't seen the original one, I strongly recommend you check that one out before you, you check this one out. If you like high fluted arty stuff, I guess you'll like this. But yeah, just just give a art with a story and a purpose and a story that doesn't drag, please. Please, that, that's all I want. Uh, what was right. your reading, Ricardo? Yeah, I give this, I don't know, it have about a, a 5 out of 10. But the good is very good in this, so I still give it like it a is, 6 it out of 10. It is, Oh, and uh, um, credit where credit is you. Acting is great, though, like Dakota Johnson. Yeah. There's a lot. She there's a to lot that performance, to boy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot in this to like. So I'd already, I'd already, see, you know, it's not like I hate it on this per se. It just, um, yeah. It just, you know, it it just obtuse. That's my thing with it. That's what I keep coming back to. Nah, it, like, it uh, is. It is. It just yeah, doesn't feel yeah. normal. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel straight. I should say, yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And last thing, last, like, unlike the original one, I really don't see myself watching this movie again. Uh, maybe the next uh, five, ten years when somebody give me, a, uh, like, a video on YouTube that fully explained what's going on, I guess. But other than that... Yeah, I can't get myself to care about that, you know. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I could. All right. So now we're going to get to the Oscar nominations, right? Uh, right. Like I said, the list came out um, last Tuesday time it was recorded. So we're just going to run through just the, the, the uh, nominees quick. And then we're going to close things off with a Best Picture nominee that we have not reviewed on this show here, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Yeah. Which I finally saw just a couple of days before we met up online. I know you saw it uh, in theaters. I wasn't sure whether it was worth checking out in cinema. Although I would say one particular scene, I guess, would have justified it. But other than that, no. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I watched it home, but we'll get to that yeah. soon. Uh, so before we get to that, we had to talk about some snubs, man. You know, some movies that uh, that did yeah. not make the list. Right. Snubs, huh? yeah. um, the big snubs, the big snubs for me is probably "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Yes, yes. Like what? This was one of the best documentaries. Yeah. Hell, one of the best movies of 2018, and it didn't even right. get nominated for best documentary. What the hell? Uh, I say blind spotted, of course. But yes, I guess. Oh, but I understand why the best original screenplay in the world. Like, yeah. like we love that movie. I, I was, I was still, I was saying, I said, sorry, in the uh, well, our season finale, 
this should deserve a best, you know, original screenplay, you know? And speaking of best original screenplay, no, no writer, Jen. Your writer wasn't nominated. Writer, I was rooting for that yeah. to, to get nominated for best yeah. original screenplay and best yeah. director with Louis Zhao. No, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, but go on, continue. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I can't think yeah. of anything else off yeah. the top of my head. Um, well, our, you know, our 3D Critics League uh, colleague, um, Summerly, actually made this point. And I actually forgot about it, but to me, it was like a shame that she didn't get nominated. Uh, Tony Collette for Hereditary. Right, right. Yeah, I yeah, thought her performance was excellent in this year. Um, right. Also, a movie that I, well, I know you didn't really care for it, but I, I was kind of hoping for it to get nominated for something. Uh, eight grade. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that for, I'm not saying it should be nominated for Best Actress or Best Film or Best Director, but give it a little something, like a Best Script, uh, Best Original Screenplay or something like that, you know what I mean? Nothing big, yeah. but, you know, I, I think it deserves something. So, yeah, now we'll get to the list right now. So, Best Foreign Language Film, we have Cap right. Norm, Never Look Away, yeah. Shoplifters, which I've heard a lot of greetings about, Cold yeah. War, which we saw prior to our right. season finale, we enjoyed that, and we felt that it was it was a strong contender for that category, along with the final um, nominee, Roma. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, best like well, I'll leave out best live action short film and best animated short film because uh, we haven't seen any of those, with the exception in the case of animated well, short no, I, film. I saw, wow. I saw animated short films, a bunch of them. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I the only one I saw was Bao, but that was. Um, that was Spoiler. the one. That, yeah, that was the film that showed before The Incredibles too. But right. um, I haven't seen One Small Step, Late Afternoon, Weekends, yeah, and Animal Behavior. Which late one was great? Which one was great? Yeah, Late, late Afternoon. Late afternoon. Okay, all right. Um, you need to send me that link. No, I need to. I need to watch these these shorts. You know, both okay. that I'll and the live action yeah. stuff because um, I really I want to see this. Uh, now we're gonna get to best animated feature film. We have right. Isle of Dogs. You know. Right. Props for that. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Cool. Okay. Incredibles 2. Uh, I guess so. Uh, Mirai, um, which uh, I've been hearing a lot okay. of great things about as far as anime okay. movies go. And my pick, call it one time, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, this is the one I return for. Yeah. Uh, best documentary short film. Um, none of these I've seen. We have A Night at the Garden. Endgame. Period. End of Sentence. Uh, nice right. title, uh, Black Sheep and Lifeboat. Okay, best nice yeah, best documentary feature. Uh, one of which I will be covering in the show for sure. Mining the Gap. I'm actually right. really excited to check that out. Uh, free Solo. I've been hearing greetings with that, but I haven't seen uh, it as yeah, yet. Yeah, I heard a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, RBG. Yeah, uh, I heard a lot about that as well. Yeah. Uh, Hale County this morning, this evening. Haven't heard of that before. Uh, and of fathers and sons. Sorry, of fathers oh. and sons. Uh, best achievements. Sorry, best achievement in visual effects. We have Christopher Robin. Weird. Okay. okay. Ready Player One. Well deserved. First Man. I haven't seen First Man yet, but I will. Um, but I heard great things about the visual effects for that. Yeah, um, great. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Because oh. I guess we have to have a Star Wars movie nominated. Yeah. I think I guess that's a trend now. Can I take all the new Star Wars movies from you know uh from oh gosh Force, uh, Force Awakens have been nominated for that category. 
I the thing is Disney Disney you know know the politics of players because that's gonna come up to the next well, a movie that's gonna come up soon. But go ahead. Right. And last but not least, my pick, uh, Avengers Infinity War. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, with that. I mean that that movie could lose, eh? That movie could lose, but I mean right. there's, there's so much visual effects in that movie, it's it's ridiculous, right? But then again, you can argue it's the same with Ready Player One. But sorry, Infinity War stands out more to me. Uh, best achievement in sound editing. Haha, <laughs> ironic. A quiet place. Um, right, yes. Man, again. Black Panther, well deserved. Roma, right. well deserved as well, for especially with a few key scenes, which we mentioned in our review of the film. And Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. All right, best achievement in sound mixing. Uh, Roma, again. First Man, again. Black Panther, again. Bohemian Rhapsody, again. And A Star is Born. And yes, I, I finally what I finally checked out the size born. Uh yes, well deserved. The sound mixing for that was was pretty great, especially with the you know concert performances and stuff, and the transitions from those. Uh, best achievement in music written for a motion picture. Uh, Black Panther, all the stars. Not surprising. Right. That song was great. Love that song of the soundtrack. Uh, I'll fight, which is performed by Diane Warren. That's from RBG. Uh, the Place Where Lost Things Go, which is performed by Mark Sheeman, Scott Whitman, or either performed or written by, whatever. Uh, this is for Mary Poppins Returns. Right. We have When a Cowboy Treats His Spurs for Wings from the ba- Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I actually really like that song, and it is one from one of my favorite moments from that movie. That's the, the first story. And yeah. Shallow from A Star is Born, which... Admittedly, I felt that Lady Ga- the song that Lady Gaga performs at the end of the movie, I thought that should have been nom- um, nominated because that was such a powerful song. A great way to end the movie. Shallow was good. It served its purpose, right? Didn't really love it, but I see the appeal of it, right? Um, kind of have a feeling that song will win, but if all the stars win, that'll be amazing. You know, and it would be more amazing too if that song win a, um, wins a Grammy next month. Because yes, it is nominated. All right, so we have uh, Best Achievement in Music written for a motion picture. We have Black Panther again. Excellent, fantastic score from Ludwig Gorans- uh, Goranson. Um, yeah. Isle of Dogs, Alexandre Desplat. Really dug the score for that. Uh, Black Clansman from um, Terence Blanchard. Great score for this. Even though, uh, this, is not a, this is not a fault, even though the last piece of music that they use, that's during the, the final montage. Yeah, that, that, they, they use that song in Inside Man, though. But I love that song, though. I love that particular song. And how it works with that final montage was great. Yeah, even though, like I see, it was using another Spike Lee joint, but whatever. Um, Mary Poppins Returns, uh, Mark Sheeman did the score for that. And a movie that we will be covering on this show, um, hopefully next month, If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, right. Yeah, Nicholas Brittell did the score for that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like, I was. I thought that actually would have um, got more nominations, you know, given how yeah. much, given the appeal of it, how much people really yeah. praise it. Yeah, the film, yeah, the, the book. Oh, I haven't read the book though. I really, really need to. Yeah, it's like a classic James Bond. James Bond, big book. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, look, twenty nineteen. I'm gonna start reading books. Right, shit. Right. <laughs> um, best achievement in in makeup and hair styling, which, as you know, if you know me, this is a category that I really don't care for. But here we go. We have Vice rooting for that to right. win. I think this is an easy win. Yeah, because the other two are Mary, Queen of Scots, and right. Border. See that? Yeah, that can win too. Yeah. 
Best Achievement in Costume Design, Mary Queen of Scots, Mary Poppins Returns, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Panther, could win, but calling it now, my pick is The Favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Best Achievement in Production Design, The Favourite, Mary Poppins Returns, Roma, First Man, and Black Panther. This is kind of a tricky category, so I have to give this some thought. Yeah. Uh, best achievement in film editing, huh? Uh, Black Clansman, eh. Green Book, yeah. eh. Vice could could win. Bohemian Rhapsody could, but my pick is your favorite. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, just keeping in mind, folks, this is not like me doing Oscar predictions. Let's call on the list now. But in a future episode, we will do our Oscar predictions, like. Let's just say a week or so before the actual ceremony comes, we'll talk about who we think for sure is going to win, right? Uh, best, best achievement in cinematography, we have A Star is Born, Never Look Away, The Favourite, and the two strongest of contenders, Cold War and Roma. Black and white cinematography, though, in those movies, yeah. god damn. God damn. Yeah. 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 Best adapted screenplay, A Star is Born, Can You Ever Forgive Me, which we're going to review next month. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Clansman, and If Mule Street Could Talk. Best original screenplay, we have First right. Reformed, much deserved in my right. opinion, Roma, yeah. Vice, The Favourite, and your show, Green Book. Okay. Yeah. Remember I told you it won that same category at the Golden Globes? I'm away. Yes, I'm away. Yes, yes thank yes, you. Yes, you are away. <laughs> yeah. Not, not saying this is this is for foreshadowing of what's to come. Just saying. Uh, now for the big the big categories, right? Best achievement in directing, Adam McKay for Vice. Right. Surprise, because it. I mean, Vice is a pretty ambitious film in his filmography. Probably the most ambitious yeah. thing he's ever done. Um, Powell Palakowski for Cold War. Yeah. Alfonso Cuarón for Roma. Right. Right. But this. Yeah. Yeah, Yorgos Lantamos for the favorite. Round of applause. I was rooting for this guy to get an uh, best pick, uh, best director nom, so I was happy to see this. And yeah. for the first time ever in his career, Spike yeah. Lee, Black Clansman. Round of I applause. Feel Spike I'm feeling again, uh, again, of course, easy vibe from this, you know, because I feel Spike might get. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling with that too, where, like, and that would be like this huge deal, but. Yeah. Years overdue, in my opinion, though, because yeah, yeah. Mark could have won it for 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 Malcolm X, right? but yeah. Clint Eastwood won for Unforgiven. I mean, not not knocking down Clint Eastwood. I mean, I love Unforgiven, but I mean, Malcolm X, though, just saying. Uh, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. We have Amy Adams for Vice. Ha 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 ha. Um, Marina de de Tavira for Roma. After remember right. who her character was. Uh, Miguel Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, yeah. And Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss for the favorite. This is going to be okay. interesting. My pick is Rachel, but hey, Emma can win because, you know, Emma well, is apparently Oscar darling, I guess, so whatever. Yeah, I wrote in for, for Regina King, um, but for her. All right, all right. Well, I, I have yet to see the movie, but uh, I have a feeling that she crushed it in that. Uh, best yeah. performance by an actor in a supporting role. We have Adam Driver for Black Clansman. Interesting. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good enough. Yeah, he was. Uh, Mahusha Ali for Green Book. Okay. You might Sam, get Sam Elliott for Size Born. Well, deserved. I think that he was one yeah, of the characters in that movie. Uh, yeah. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? 
and ha 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 um, Sam Rockwell for Vice. Okay. Yeah. For the for the for the screen time that he had, but whatever. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actress in a leading role. We have Glenn Close as um any wife. Yeah, uh, I heard, I heard and, a lot of good stuff about this. Scene. Yes, and oh yeah, shockingly, no no Meryl Streep this year. No Meryl Streep this year. This yeah, is man. this is big. This is big. Uh, believe it or not, wait for it. Melissa McCarthy, can you ever forgive yeah. me? Oh, so they are saying some stuff, yeah. Yeah, so this is like a big middle finger to everybody who was heating on the Happy Time Murders and right. just who as a as an actress. Wow, look at that. Um, Yalitza Aparicio, sorry, for Roma. Well right. done. Well deserved, in my opinion. Um, first time um, performance, knocked it out of the park. Lady Gaga for Sars Born, well deserved right. as well. I thought that she gave an excellent performance in this. And... My pick, just saying, Olivia Coleman for the favorite. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, best... Go on. No, but for best meal, another snub I was thinking off the top of my head was um, your boy for You're Never Really Here. Uh, yes, uh, Hawking Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that was another, yes, that's a, that's a, that was another um, snub in my opinion, though. Um, if not for best director, give it to best, I don't know script or something but it, it needed yeah. something it should have gotten something anyway best performance by an actor in a leading role uh this is where things get pretty interesting uh vigo mortensen for green book right ha 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 you're breaking my balls man right yeah. uh one of the four at eternity's gate okay bradley cooper first size born interesting yeah somehow, yeah, somehow. Not seeing his performance was bad, but I mean, it wasn't like mind blowing. Just saying, uh, Rami Malek for Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, well deserved, well deserved, well deserved. I would say he committed, and Christian yeah. Bale for Vice. Well, I return for Bale. Bale, for Bale, Bale too. Yeah, return yes. for Bale. But but Bale was Bale feel just like was was like he boy he boy in Dark Knight. Um, Gordon, uh, who do who do Churchill now? So it's like yeah, um, um, Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, it just feel like that all over again. I thought he was great. I just thought Chris Bill was great advice. Really yeah, he, he was. He was. Yeah. Right. And last but not least, and then we'll segue into our review of Bohemian Rhapsody. So, best motion picture of the year Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, Vice. Which, which is no, I have no idea how to get nominated. Huh? But I, I, I have no clue neither, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Black Clansman. So, yeah. Yeah, so Spike Lee got nominated for best director for the first time ever. Got directed for both for uh, got um, nominated, sorry, for both best director and best film. You know, um, props to him. Roma, right? Yeah, have a huge chance of winning. The favorite have a huge chance of winning yeah. as well, but the politics might say otherwise. Uh, Green Book, ha 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 ha. A Star Is Born, kind of understand why, even though. I don't know, like I, 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 I appreciate this show for what it is, but I don't see this being a best picture winner. But <laughs> it'd be funny if they just do like a la la land kind of vibe night. Well, it's a musical, so let's pick this one. Right. And then somebody come from behind and say, No, no, you no, you didn't win this one. And um and here well, we gotta talk briefly. Black Panther boy. Right. <laughs> yeah, well. The first superhero movie. To be yeah. nominated for that category because uh, nine years ago, sorry, eleven years ago, a certain movie called Dark Knight could have, yeah, could have got that nomination, but it it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. I, we we don't know why to this day. Uh, 
But um, yeah, th- th- this one got uh, nominated. I guess you could talk briefly about it. Uh, for me, I, I think that it is, well, okay, we could talk about the politics about it, who it's right. pleasing and all that kind of stuff. But I think the real goal of nominating this is to get more people to watch the show. Because as we yep. know, you know, the, the viewership um, numbers have been dropping for the past few years. Uh, even before that debacle with La La Land and Moonlight. Um, but I think, really think that they just picked this movie here so people get excited. But for me, I, I just glad that a superhero movie actually made it there. I don't think it'll be the last superhero movie there, uh, would make it there. But I yeah, I do see it as just this political move, you know, to get to get people more interested in the show. And also, well, you know, this was such a cultural phenomenon. And, you know, it, it about had a lot of black actors in it. So... You know, we don't want to appear racist by not nominating this. And besides, yeah. a lot of people was petitioning it to be nominated anyway, even though we kind of laugh at it. But, hey, it's the reality yeah. now, right? This is a best picture now. So, take it or leave it, I guess. Right. So, what, what were your thoughts on this? What, what was your reaction to this? <laughs> As it got uh, nominated? Not, nothing, nothing too surprising. I was like, yeah, Dice Waiters. It's fine. Like, you know. Dice Waiters. He was like, he shocked or bewildered or like, you know, no, what, how, how they could do this? This makes no sense. It have two worst movies on this list. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> politics. It's just the raw yeah. politics. I don't really, like, but it didn't bother me. Anyway, I thought it could have or should have, maybe. I, yeah. it's like, well, yeah, it's all yeah. of those who complain about the Dark Knight and whatever it is. It's like, you know, that was just then and, uh, you know, that's how people thought about comic book movies then and they say something about comic book movies. There's a yeah. lot of time yeah. Maybe it's a lot of time. Exactly. Um, but I remember there was uh the the um the, the Oscars were they were sorry, the Academy, sorry, were leaning towards the possibility of having a category which was um best popular film and Black Panther right. was meant to be on um meant to be nominated. Okay, but I guess exactly. because people felt felt it was a, a dumb idea to begin with and it still is, right. I guess it's like, well, okay, well let's still put Black Panther on our list, on our nominations list here, because it's Black Panther um, after all, right? It's a big push. It's a big, big push. It's a big political push. So it's like, yeah, fine. Yeah, but you know what would make this whole thing so, so hilarious, though? If it actually wins. If yeah. somehow, even though, I mean, let's be real, it's not going to win, right? But if somehow, like the stars align, you know, you like, like I was thinking with Mad Max, we were like, imagine how people would have feel if that won Best Picture. Because that thing won, yeah. that thing sweep like six awards. All of them well deserve it. But imagine right. if Black Panther just comes and say, hey, we take that Best Picture. Like, like picture that now. You know? I would be yeah. going insane. Yeah. Like, we would be, we would, like, I would be calling you up and be like, hey, we had to talk about this now. No? I don't care if it's yeah. one o'clock train at the end time. We had to talk about this now. But you know? nah, I don't see this happening at all, though. And right. I think that, that's the problem with it. it. It just feels too much like a placeholder, if you will. You know, like what my uh, Max would have right. was say, a placeholder. As I say, as I say it have worse films in this, in this list right now. On the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> well, get definitely to... don't deserve to be there. So, whatever. Yeah, so now let's go to Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Uh... Yes, this is long overdue, so we don't have to get into synopsis. I mean, y'all know it's about it's about Freddie Mercury. Well, it's about Queen, but it's more about Freddie Mercury's life story and whatnot, um, his come ups and how he got into the band and how he came up with some of the band's greatest works, like "We Will Rock You" and 
Although I wish they could have shown us how he came up with the idea for We Are the Champions, but whatever. Um, but you got to see how he came up with the idea for you know Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, arguably their best song in my opinion. Um, and then of course we get to see the stuff that happened behind the scenes. You know, him and his tumultuous relationship with his wife or girlfriend or whatever it was. Um, right. Him kind of you know being closeted about his sexuality. You know, and kind of coming out to you know his wife basically seeing that he's bisexual and this that back and forth with him you know wrestling with his wrestling with that basically and of course you know him being diagnosed with aids and well aids related pneumonia basically right well that's right. what he died from and yeah that's that's what it is it's, it's a music biopic about freddie mercury right um one that had a really rough history you know it was a production because uh well you know brian singer was involved in it right. and after yeah. he suffered him he got kicked out and i think ruben F- um Fletcher, Fletcher, whatever his name is, came in and, you know, just to fill in the shoes there. And, well, you saw it before me, so what, what, what have your thoughts changed since you saw Bohemian Rhapsody way back when? No, that's not, it has not. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a movie that just, because it has so much narrative, chicanery went down, it's hard for me to respect movies like this. I just thought it was so, so bland and bad on its own. And it's one of those movies that just cater to the you know, your, 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 let's just say your nostalgia about Queen as a band. Um, you know, that's the problem. And look, Remy Mark is very good in it. I ain't, I ain't pulling that. But that is it. The movie is just so bland, so, so forgettable um, as, as music biopics go. Pretty bad, I thought. So it's like, wow. I didn't hate the movie as much as you did. I didn't despise it, sorry, as much as you did. But I came out of it kind of wishing that just story-wise... Um, and just what it was about and it was trying to represent, they could have done they could have done Freddie Mercury and Queen so much more justice though. Yeah. Um, before before we met up, before we started uh, recording here, I was making a comparison with you know those those music biopics that they show on well they used to show on VH1. Okay, you know VH1 not about their movies no more. They're more all about reality shows and stuff, right? You know, love it hip hop and all that. But remember way right. back when. You know, like you, you would show Selena, you know, every so every couple of months. So I don't know if they ever showed what's love got to do with it, but that to me is a much, right. much better biopic than what we got here, yeah. you know. Um right. mainly because they weren't afraid to really tell the story, you know. This one feels like okay, this is feel good music biopic one oh one, you know. This is formulaic um this is the formula we use in here. We gonna use the same approach here, you know, you know, the 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 character that the the guy that came from nothing and he had so much talent and his bandmates were so amazed at his at his at his art and his craft and while at the same time they, they kinda hated him for it and all that kind of stuff. But is what I really learned about the stuff that they sort of fabricated, or just stuff that they just kinda switch around and just to tell a narrative now for the film. And yeah. I tell myself, well, why why do this though? If you want to pay respect to the band, to the group, sorry, to the group and and to Freddie Mercury, rest in peace. Uh, why change things around though? You know what I mean? And you well, you Toby is to please the 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 surviving band members, you know. So they wouldn't come, come up as, as a-holes, but still is like if I could go on Wikipedia and look up that look up their life story and see this is not what happened, then why, why then? Why? Because you want to tell no, the they, story. They've been an age where they, they, you know, the internet's still old. I mean, it's a long time ago. This stuff happened. You know, it's a while. Eh? Exactly. So, it's it's well because yeah, it covers you know the seventies and eighties. Well, up to the mid eighties. So it stops at the the famous live eight concert now. 
Right. Oh, and props to <laughs> the guy who they got to play um, Bob Geldof, by the way. You know, <laughs> that, was, that was funny, by the way. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but the good stuff, right? Because there is some good. Um, Rami Malik was great, to, you know, great as as um, as Freddie Mercury. I wish that they could have given his character more to do or more to really express emotionally instead of, all right, I'm just going to do my best Freddie Mercury and just try to do all the Freddie Mercury-isms. Yeah, I, there, I, there are some like, serious moments, especially like um, like when he got the, the AIDS di- diagnosis, which I was laughing at this because they use the same song from, from Highlander, uh, Want to Live Forever. I think that's the name of the song. I was like, but this song was recorded, but this, any movie came out in freaking 1986, but this is something uh-huh. that happened like in 84 or whatever. You know, yeah. so weird little timeline stuff there. But again, it's right. an emotional song. It's a powerful song. It's well, actually one of the best songs from the movie. But like, um, yeah, this was recorded <laughs> right after the live event. This was like, um, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, the supporting actors at all were pretty good as well. The the guys who played the other members of Queen, I don't know their names, sorry, um, were, were pretty good as well. You know, they, they looked like they, they came from that era, that 70s era, you know. Um, and the music performances, yeah, when they when they on screen, they done very well. You know, the aesthetic, especially like um, one early sequence where it always looks like, you know, like um, where where they was going to different countries, and I saw the the titles just kind of jumping out from the from the stage. Basically, I thought that was cool because it gave it that kind of early seventies feel to things. You know, where you see font kind of look like they just kind of zooming out from the screen. Think the intro of Superman, like the titles for Superman yeah, 1978 yeah. movie. If you catch that, you understand know what I mean, right? Um, and yes, here the, the music was great. Here and we were rock you was was great. Here and Bohemian Rhapsody was cool. I don't know if it's true the way how they how they came up with the ideas and how they was ca- kind of come, coming up with it on the fly. But I kind of like that aspect of the movie. Just the creativity behind those songs. I wish you could have gotten more of that. Just how they were able to just create these songs, right? Um, and what it meant to them, basically. But yeah, but when you realize that, you know, some of the stuff are just kind of shifted around to kind of create an actual narrative for the film... Yeah. You know, just kind of walk out of it like, why exactly? You know what I mean? And you know, the big moment, the big scene that everybody keep talking about is the you know the live hit performance, right? This the on stage stuff was was pretty cool, right? Um, the performances, everything. Uh, and I, I I give credit where credit is due. The ambition that went into showing just how big and massive that that concert was was cool. But then when you kind of look at it, you, can, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the Black Panther thing again, you know, where they copy and paste certain, certain um, elements, you know. Yeah. Um, you can yeah. kind of tell that, yeah, it, it, it's CG, right? It's, it's clearly CG. Let's see that it has to be real, of course, but just making these kind of epic larger life shots, it kind of makes it so bleakly apparent, though. You know, um, but yeah, other than that, though, while I do appreciate the, the performance from, um, from Rami Malek, it is, it is well-deserved of the Oscar nomination, although in my opinion, I don't think it'll win. Um, but he does commit to the performance. I thought that he did well. I just felt that they could have write, uh, writ, written his character a lot better. So, I'm Freddie Mercury. Look at me. You know what I mean? Like, just the isms and not really what's going on inside of him. Like, just stuff about it yeah. that we didn't know, you know? And, and just like with uh, All Eyes on Me from last year, or was it the year before? Yeah. I think it was last year. It was just kind of surface level Freddie Mercury, but not who he really is as a person, who he really was inside, what really made him such a legend, what make, what makes him such a musical icon, you know what I mean? Kind of came out of it like, 
yeah, but I really wanted to know more about it. Why should we care about what is his influence now? You know what I mean? Than from when he passed away in '91 or when he was big in the '70s and '80s. But yeah, unfortunately, it does feel formulaic. It does feel like I I don't like. I was just watching this thing. I said myself, yeah, this is something that if VH1 used to show movies, yeah, this is this is right up the alley. This is tailor me to be shown on on TV. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that was like a, a detriment to the movie. It could have just been a little bit brave and bolder and just tell the story how it is. And yeah, still have the feel-good moments, still have the nostalgia pieces here and there, but just be true to who Freddie Mercury is. Be true to who Queen is instead of kind of tailor-making it for TV. And I yeah. guess to an extent for the Oscars, right? Because, yeah, everybody loved it and it was so nostalgic. And, oh my God, I love I love Queen, I love Queen. Wow, I'm yeah. so glad it got nominated for Best Picture. But yeah, the, the only way I guess people remember this movie once again is if, yeah, if... If a station, if a cable station airs this thing, you know what I mean, and I see that happening in the near future, I see this thing, you know, being relevant on cable, you know, being alive on cable. But you know, something that well, it, I, I, if it doesn't reach there, then yeah, this movie will be forgotten in the long run, right? Uh, so as yep. far as music biopics go, I mean, it's not one of the greatest. It is very formulaic, but it's it's serviceable. It is what it is, right? Although it just could have been way better, you know, given the the subject material, right? So for me, um, I will give this a very, very, very light three out of five. It's it's eight. It's eight. Yeah. It's eight for what it is. But not one I'll be watching in a hurry. But like I say with the whole VH1 stuff, if it shows on TV, you're like, oh yeah, right, that show came out. All right, let me watch a piece of it. All right, not really caring for it. Okay, they go for a break. All right, let me go to the next station. <laughs> that that's yeah. why I kind of see myself returning to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, but what are you, what is your your final thoughts and rating on on this movie? Yeah, I remember I remember just not liking this. What was my rating originally? I kind of forget whether I gave it like a high CC, maybe a low movie tongue. That was all my right, vibe. Right. Yeah, I was like, I did kind of good. It it does some stuff well, but yeah, it's kind of pissed me off at times. So it's like, yeah, they just kind of fucked this up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Ampersat R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. You just type in that there. And then you could just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. And yeah. All right, you could, all right. You could also find me on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB. MJB and capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Machibili, along with the Legally Black blog official fan base where you find a link to this podcast, as well as the others that we've done over the past four seasons, including retrospect reviews. And speaking of retrospect reviews, um, I have a couple lined up for February, um, so you can look out for that. But um, also, we're going to try to catch up with as much Oscar nominees as we can. Um, if Bill Street could talk, um, I have that in yeah. my list to check out. Also, can yeah. you ever forgive me? That's another one I'll be checking out. Right. Uh, Minding the Gap as well, I, w- I will be checking out. Um, I want to see uh, Free Solo as well. Um, it's just, yeah. if we'll get around yeah. to it, hopefully we should. Uh, yeah, it's just basically to just see how much Oscar nominees we could check out. And then um, probably like a week or so before the actual ceremony, we will do our um, Oscar predictions, as in who we think yeah. will sh- uh, for sure will win. Actually, as a matter of fact, We'll do like the ones that we generally like kinda rooting for and the ones that we kinda think the the, the um the academy will just be like, Yeah, this will win for sure, you know. So we'll do two of those. 
And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you listen to this, this was Match Medellin. Proud of Medina. And we're signing off for another episode of BSB to Bailey. So until the next one, take care. Peace. Bars and twenty fours and cut vocals without editing. Bars and twenty fours and cut vocals without editing. Spit bars and twenty fours and cut vocals without editing. Bars and twenty fours and cut vocals without Bars and 24s and cut vocals without editing. 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 Bars and 24s and cut vocals without edit